the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. In the next few moments, we're going to take a look at some of the headline news. And in the second half of this first hour, the lighter side of the news. James Blend will join me. Uh, for that. And in our second hour, the Christian Outlook, Eric Metaxas will talk with James Como of the New York um, C.S. Lewis Society. He is the founder. He's also the author of the book Mystical Paralandra, my lifelong reading of C.S. Lewis and his favorite book. That and more in the Christian Outlook in the second hour of today's program. But first, some of the day's headlines. The FBI is investigating attacks on pregnancy resource centers, finally. From all across the country, as acts of domestic violence, violent extremism, the Bureau announced today. The FBI is investigating a series of attacks and threats targeting pregnancy resource centers and faith-based organizations across the country. The FBI said in a statement first reported today, the FBI takes all threats seriously and we continue to work closely with our law enforcement partners and will remain vigilant to protect our communities. Now, this came after a sternly worded letter calling upon the FBI to do its job with regard to this particular round of terrorism. The investigations come after violent pro-abortion groups have targeted these organizations following the leak of the Supreme Court's draft decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. The British government on Friday ordered WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's extradition to the United States to face espionage and hacking charges. Assange has 14 days to appeal that decision, the British Home Office reports. Assange has been um, held in a London prison since 2019 after seven years evading um, arrest by seeking political asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy. His uh, attorneys argue that he has uh, was rather at high risk of suicide under the restrictions he might face while in U.S. custody. And the White House is reportedly floating the idea of gas rebates for U.S. residents due to record gas prices. Oh, my. Well, a White House official told uh, Fox Business that the administration hasn't ruled out the distribution of gas rebate cards. That's all we need is to add to the deficit. The cards would hypothetically subsidize the price of gas for Americans, many of whom are struggling to make ends meet with fuel now priced at the level of a luxury good. The president has made clear that he's willing to explore all options and hear all ideas that would help lower gas prices for the American people, the official told Fox Business News. Uh, No decisions have yet been made, but we will continue to follow that story. Well, as expected, the FDA on Friday authorized the emergency use of Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines for children six months and older, following its advisory panel's unanimous recommendation. After a review is conducted by the CDC, infants and toddlers, about 18 million, uh, will become eligible for the shots. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky will give the final approval. The FDA also approves Moderna's vaccine for school-aged children and teenagers for whom only the Pfizer shot had previously been available. And President Biden appeared to get defensive during an interview on Thursday when asked if his energy policies were to blame for inflation. 
In his first interview with the Associated Press, the president running contrary to what many economists are forecasting after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, said a recession was not inevitable. We are in a stronger position than any nation in the world to overcome this inflation, the president said, pointing to 3.6 percent unemployment rate and America's relatively strong standing in the world. At the notion that his administration's policies were responsible for the worst inflation in 40 years and record high gas prices, the president reportedly bristled. If it's my fault, why is it the case in every other major industrial country in the world that inflation is higher? You ask yourself that. I'm not being a wise guy, end quote. White House correspondent uh, correspondent Peter Ducey pressed the White House uh, press secretary Karen Jean-Pierre later Thursday to explain the president's inflation comments, noting that the U.S. has higher inflation than Germany, France, Japan, Canada, India, Italy and Saudi Arabia. Well, her plan was foiled as Democrats voted down two measures by Senator Marsha Blackburn to protect military children, land um, uh, and rather limit woke defense programs. Upping the pressure, the Justice Department has renewed its requests for transcripts of witnesses' uh, interviews from House uh, January 6th Select Committee. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said China has not yet crossed any lines as Beijing looks to strengthen ties with Russia. White House Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre shot down calls to increase oil drilling in the United States, saying the country just doesn't need it. Experts are concerned about laws banning critical race theory and applaud transparency and parental involvement in schools. And in rating woes, as they continue, CNN had its smallest weekday audience since the Obama administration on Tuesday as the network since the uh, network struggles rather with low viewership. Calling it a far right threat, MSNBC's Chris Hayes was appalled by the disgusting push to keep kids out of drag shows. The disgusting push to keep kids out of Drag shows. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, spokesperson, blasted a CNN anchor for mocking the state over not pushing COVID-19 vaccines for very young children. Well, who's at fault? Nevadans told Fox News they blame President Biden, COVID-19 and the Russian invasion of Ukraine for record high gas prices. In an unsurprising warning signal, a rise in auto loan delinquencies may indicate the economy is headed toward a potential recession. And PETA pushed back. The animal rights nonprofit rebuts a California woman who won't allow pro-gun supporters to adopt pets. And finally, fighting for my name, Gina Carano on Disney is um, firing uh, on her firing rather from the Mandalorian and the dangerous cancel culture. She's fighting for her name. Hey, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to take a look at some of the uh, headlines of the, the day. We'll also take a look at the lighter side of the news and share this week's Christian Outlook. That's coming up in our second hour. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next two segments, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news with James Blend. Well, abortion in South Dakota has come to an end. Life News reports that South Dakota is now abortion-free. The Plain State has become the second in the nation to not have any operating abortion centers as the last abortion business run by Planned Parenthood in Sioux Falls has stopped killing babies in abortions. South Dakota follows Oklahoma as the second abortion-free state in America after its governor, Kevin Stitt, signed a Texas-style bill banning abortions starting at conception with a private enforcement mechanism. 
European leaders are supporting Ukraine's interest in joining the EU. The Washington Post reports the leaders of the European Union's three largest economies on Thursday said they were backing Ukraine's candidacy to join the 27-member bloc, a move that President Volodymyr Zelensky has fiercely advocated as his country loses ground in the face of Russia's invasion. The announcement comes during the first wartime visit to Kyiv by French President Emmanuel Macron, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, and Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi, who traveled to the city on an overnight train. Romanian President Klaus uh, Lohannes uh, joined the the, uh, trio as well. Pro-life leaders penned a letter to the Attorney General Merritt Garland demanding action against pro-abortion terror groups, and they got it. Nancy Pelosi refused to condemn violent targeting of pregnancy clinics. Uh, Julio Rosas reports that the Speaker of the House uh, was asked about Democrats' lack of condemnation when it comes to the number of pro-life churches and pregnancy centers during her week's uh, weekly press conference on Thursday. In response, the Speaker reiterated that women have the right to choose when it comes to bodily autonomy, avoiding the answer to the question altogether. Eric Rosales, uh, at Speaker of the House, uh, was asked about the attack of domestic terrorist groups at On hashtag pro-life facilities taking place across the nation, the speaker did not denounce firebombs or vandalism, instead elaborated on her pro-abortion agenda. President Biden is considering declaring a public health emergency to protect abortion. The New York Times reports that the president's top aides are weighing whether he can or should take a series of executive uh, actions to help women in Republican-controlled states obtain abortions if the Supreme Court eliminates a woman's right to end her pregnancy, according to senior administration officials. Some of the um, ideas under consideration, including declaring a national public health emergency, readying the Justice Department to fight any attempt by states to criminalize travel for the purpose of obtaining an abortion, and asserting that Food and Drug Administration regulations granting approval to abortion medications preempt any state bans, the official said. National Review weighs in, saying while the move would almost certainly be met with legal challenges, the declaration of a public health emergency could ostensibly allow the Department of Health and Human Services to suspend the state-based medical licensing regime so that blue state doctors could perform abortions in states where abortion is outlawed or restricted. The Congressional Budget Office missed the debt prediction by some $2.4 trillion over the next 10 years. Jerry Bauer points out the Congressional Budget Office just announced that the national debt would be $2.4 trillion higher than they'd previously said. Over the next 10 years, the national government is likely to borrow $14.5 trillion. This raises the issue of sustainability. Other nations have suffered debt crises in the past, even with lower levels of debt, and that includes developed countries. It's not clear that America will be able to make the interest payments on this debt. Currently, the national debt stands at about 125 percent of GDP or gross domestic product. That exceeds the level seen by several of the countries involved prior to the European debt crisis, when markets eventually spiked interest rates to reflect the very real risk of default. Only bailouts from other European countries was able to forestall default, but which financial uh, entity would be of adequate scale to bail the U.S. out? Well, Abbott's baby formula plant closed mere weeks after opening due to flooding. ABC reports that less than two weeks after restarting production at its Sturgis plant, Abbott said it was once again forced to halt baby formula production after thunderstorms uh, flooded part of the facility. 
These torrential storms produced significant rainfall in a short period of time, overwhelming the city's stormwater system in Sturgis, Michigan, and resulting in flooding in parts of the city, including areas of our plant, an Abbott spokesperson told ABC News. As a result, Abbott has stopped production of its... uh, L-Care specialty formula that was underway to assess damage caused by the storm and clean and re-sanitize the plant. We have informed the FDA and will conduct comprehensive testing in conjunction with the independent third party to ensure the plant is safe to resume production. Well, Abbott's plant was offline for roughly four months after serious quality control contamination concerns. Its massive recall and plant shutdown in February exacerbated the nationwide formula crisis. American families are still experiencing. The Associated Press says the storm also brought high winds, hail and power failures to Sturgis, Michigan, where the facility is located. The company expects production and distribution to be delayed for a few weeks as it cleans the plant. The magazine Vice has linked U.S. national parks to white supremacy. Virtually everything apparently is linked to white supremacy. If you love the great outdoors, then you just might be a closet white supremacist. At least that's the implication from an article published in the left media outlet known as Vice. The article in question, titled White Nationalists Want to Reclaim Nature as a Safe Space for Racists, absurdly posits that white supremacy groups have deep roots in the U.S. wilderness and recreation movements going way back to the creation of the national park system. The article is a classic example of engaging in conflation and positing correlation as causation. In other words, the U.S. happened to be a white majority culture as it, at its founding, and many whites love the outdoors. Whites were primarily responsible for founding America's national park system, and some of them held supremacist views. Conclusion, since some of the individuals who helped establish America America's national park system were racist, then America's national park system is rooted in racism. Well, the article then makes an even bigger leap by trying uh, tying outdoor enthusiasts who hold America first views as essentially being closet Nazis. Using this logic, PETA is a closet neo-Nazi organization since, like Adolf Hitler, it promotes vegetarianism. Sort of hard to keep up these days and certainly difficult to follow the logic. In other headlines, Vice President Kamala Harris has been tasked to head the new disinformation task force. I'm sure right after she deals with the immigration issue, she was also tasked with. Joe Biden gets testy, falsely claiming inflation is in every other major industrialized country is higher than the U.S. The thing is, it's not. President Biden is about to lose one of his economic talking points. The Federal Reserve predicts nearly 1.5 million job losses by the end of next year. Mortgage rates surged to their highest level since 2008. Fifteen people on the terror watch list were captured, sneaking across the southern border in May. One wonders how many were not caught. A month and a half after the Dobbs leak, the FBI says it will finally investigate attacks on pro-life groups. Elon Musk addressed Twitter staff about free speech, remote work, layoffs, and, well, aliens. CNN orders anchors to stop using big lie to describe Donald Trump's stolen election claims. And a new Michael Avenatti guilty plea could mean up to 83 years in prison. The FDA authorized COVID vaccines for kids as young as six months, and the Michigan Attorney General calls for a drag queen for every school. Every single one of them, apparently. Ukraine has been granted EU candidate status, the first step toward membership. On this day in history, 1928, Amelia Earhart embarks on a transatlantic flight from Newfoundland to Wales, with pilots Wilmer Stultz and Lewis Gordon becoming the first woman to make the trip as a passenger. 
1963, the U.S. Supreme Court in Abington, Pennsylvania, school district versus uh, Shemp strikes down eight to one rules requiring the recitation of the Lord's Prayer or reading of Bible verses in public schools. What a shame. 1967, China successfully tests its first thermonuclear or hydrogen bomb. 1972, President Richard Nixon's eventual downfall begins with the arrest of five burglars inside the Democratic headquarters in Washington, D.C.'s Watergate complex. 1994, after leading police on a slow speed chase on Southern California freeways, O.J. Simpson is arrested and charged with murder in the slaying of his ex-wife, Nicole, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. 2015, nine people are shot to death in the historic Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. The suspect, Dylan Roof, is arrested the following morning. And finally, 2017, this day in history, the jury in Bill Cosby's sexual assault case is declared hopelessly deadlocked. Prosecutors immediately announced they would pursue a second trial, which ultimately would result in Cosby's conviction. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, a look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Joining me from a remote location, from an undisclosed location, is James Blend. Yo, oh, James. who are we kidding? I, I, I'm, I'm at home. <laughs> well, there is that. Healthy, but I'm at home. Trying to... Add a little mystery, mystique. Uh, James, uh, I need... Today is the uh, last day of first grade for my little girl, and so there are a couple things going on, including a tap recital after this. So, um, basing from home base today. Well, congratulations, and happy Father's Day. Thank you. You're a good dad. Uh, James, I need your help. Uh, Yes, I've noticed this for many, many years. (laughs) I received another fat envelope from... Well, guess who? Oh, no. Publisher's Clearinghouse? Publisher's Clearinghouse. The last notice I received from them said I had done everything I needed to do. But then this big fat envelope said this. I just want to say thank you for your recent entry. It was certainly appreciated. We hope you'll be happy with the good news in this notice, especially because we are in the final days of our search for our prize of a lifetime event winner. And you're in it. I'm in it. OK, that's confirmed right here in writing. But please note, it goes on to say, despite your last entry, what do you mean despite my last entry? I'm in despite, it. Despite, okay. <laughs> there is nothing we can do to save your eligibility from this notice if you don't return the enclosed order entry form. I have returned 35, 40 of these entry forms that all require just a little something. And apparently my eligibility hinges on this final act. So please act now. We'd love to make a, a recent entrant, someone like you, a winner. I mean, they're pulling for me. They want me to win. That's the thing. They clearly want me to be the winner. But I've got to, to jump through yet another hoop. And they tell me, though, these are the final days to prize day. It's scheduled for June mm-hmm. the 30th. Huh? Mm-hmm. This is an important notification regarding upcoming selection of winner. Uh, Georgine Wright, by name. Did you catch that? I don't think everybody gets it. I think this Did they is just spell me. It right? Yeah, they spelled her Georgine Rice. This oh, that's right. notice you keep ordering things from them. Of course they have it spelled right. I I only ordered that one thing. Uh-huh. This notice has been tagged this with year. a red final days label. I've been singled out. 
And that makes it extremely significant. It's not just significant, it's extremely significant. You see, they go on to say, you've been identified to receive a prize number that is fully eligible for winter selection during our final days of this prize of a lifetime. June 30th is fast approaching, and the excitement is certainly building as a $7,500 a week for life prize, $15 million if you add it all up is authorized to be awarded in just a few days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, a, a, couple, a couple of the times we've talked about this, I, I've, I've gone back to P.T. Barnum who said, you know, there's one born every minute. Now, I realize that that's probably now not a quote. It's a prophecy because I believe he was specifically <laughs> talking about you. Yeah, but this is different. I have in the latest fat envelope that I received rifled through thir- – now, I have to tell you the whole story. There were 31 pages in this envelope. I had okay. opened it two days ago. I looked through it. I, you know, took a moment and I threw it in the trash here at work. I threw it in the garbage, mm-hmm. in the recycling. I was done. Then I received a note at home. You see, you've been identified to receive a prize number that is fully eligible for winter selection during our final days, but you have one final step. The money is approved and ready to be paid week after week after week. We know how much you want to win and urge you to act now. Remember, a shortened deadline is in effect. Therefore, my effort is required. This label goes to your order entry form, which I dutifully clipped and pasted on the order entry form. And I have it in the envelope. Sam, do you see that? Sam's viewing it. And I'm going to mail it in. I didn't order anything. I didn't do anything. I just, I, I fished the papers out of the garbage, went through them to find said order entry form, uh-huh. fixed it to the final notice, and, and I'm going to mail it. Oh, boy. But I, I may have already won. See, that's what I always don't understand. Our drawing is June 30th. You may have already won. <laughs> How? It's like you, a vortex in time and space. How are you is looking that for logic? Okay, maybe I need to rethink sending in this final thing. But you may be the one to convince me that will, in such a way that will ultimately deprive me of that um, weekly prize money. I just want you to know that. I was thinking about know, how might I be generous with my friends? How might I support the college education of my producer, uh, producer's daughter? How might I just be generous to my engineer? You may have prevented me from expressing that generosity if I don't mail this in. I'm just saying. You know, the thing about it is, though, I mean, if you think about it. Nobody wants to think about it. The chances that you, you would be doing any of that. However remote are the possibility that God would break the laws of science and allow you to sprout antlers tomorrow morning. Well, don't be surprised if I have little protuberance coming from my I'm just saying head by tomorrow. It's, it's, you know, I, I'm it's just possible. telling you sure. what I was thinking. I might be generous. Okay. Okay. Moving on. A United pilot turned a plane around mid-flight for a very bizarre reason. A United Express airplane on its way to Chattanooga, Tennessee on the, well, on whatever date, made a U-turn in midair and returned to its origin, O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, according to a representative of SkyWest Airlines, which is a United Airlines partner. Well, the aircraft had been en route for about an hour when the about face was ordered. 
Well, nobody knew what this situation was. And, of course, the passengers were very frustrated. The flight departed at 2.45 p.m. local time, just a few minutes behind schedule, according to um, the, uh, the airlines. Well, a passenger wanted to know what the situation was. It turns out that they had uploaded these passengers to a larger airplane so that more passengers could make the trip. Uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee to Chicago or the other way around, uh, only to discover mid-flight that the airport that this plane had been dispatched to was too large to land at the airport it was sent to. And I bring this up because I just returned from North Carolina where I had the um, the great joy of emceeing the uh, annual conference for Restored Hope Network, a great organization I highly recommend. I... Um, Check, I went to check in before I left um, on Wednesday of last week for my flight, my, or excuse me, on Tuesday. The flight was Wednesday. I checked in on Tuesday only to discover my flight had been canceled, the flight from Portland to Dallas. Well, how am I going to get from there to North Carolina? So I called and they were able to fix everything up. Did the conference, got ready to come home, flew from Asheville, uh, North Carolina to Charlotte, North Carolina, Stood in line two minutes before boarding. The flight was canceled. Now, at this point, it's in the middle of the night and there are hundreds of us standing in line hoping to fly into Portland. I stood in line for three hours waiting to um, be rescheduled. I had been told by text that I could only fly out on Tuesday, which was a day and a half from where I was standing. That was unacceptable. So I stood in the line for three hours waiting to uh, see if I could get a better flight. Well, I finally got to the head of the line. There were hundreds of people in front of me, hundreds of people behind me, because while I was standing in the the airport to try to get rescheduled for my flight, six other flights from that same terminal were also canceled, all American Airlines. Stand in line, finally get get a flight out of the the state, only it would be uh, the next day evening, So I would have to spend the night in North Carolina and then spend the day in the airport and then maybe make it home to Portland. So, okay, I go through. They give me a voucher for food, which expired and uh, everything was closed. So that didn't help. But I went to get my luggage. I go stand in a line for my luggage. That was about an hour. Now, this is the middle of the night. Stand in line for about an hour only to be told, well, we could get your luggage, but it would take about two and a half hours. And we promise you. It will be on the flight to Portland when you leave tomorrow night. Well, I relented. (laughs) So I go uh, to get a cab. They gave me a voucher for that. Thankfully, I'm grateful. Stood in a line for an hour to catch a cab along with all the other people whose flights were canceled. I'm standing in line, you know, talking with people around me. We're trying to make light of it because what else are you going to do? So they send us, finally get a cab. Send us to a hotel. It was about 35 minutes away from the airport. I have no idea where I am. Am I still in North Carolina? Am I in Timbuktu? I have no idea. We get there. The lobby is full of people that American Airlines sent to the hotel. And she asks us, are you all from American Airlines? Yes, yes, we are. We have vouchers. I'm sorry. We don't have any rooms. They didn't call ahead to make sure we had rooms. No. Needless to say, people were just a little frustrated. I managed to get one room, uh, me and one other woman there, got a room. Everyone else had to be farmed out elsewhere. Well, this hotel seems like it was featured in a movie that I wouldn't want to see. Didn't seem safe. It wasn't in an area I was particularly comfortable with. But it was a room. Stayed in the room. 
got the uh, taxi the next day, opened up my phone to make sure that uh, the driver was taking me directly back to the airport because I had no idea where I was. To make an already very long story short, thankfully, after spending the day in the airport, the flight from North Carolina, Charlotte, made it to Portland. Oh, I was so relieved. I got to see Dan Rice. I got through the... uh, uh, the airport and went to pick up my bags only to discover my bag didn't quite make it. I got my bag yesterday. I got off the plane Monday night. Needless to say, there's a problem at the airport. That was my odyssey. That's why I wasn't on the air on Tuesday. And that's why I started on Wednesday. And that's why I'll rethink flying any place uh, near or far anytime soon. Very carefully. What an ordeal. James? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I, I got to be a bit of a spectator to that because I'd get the occasional text from you with the with the updates and each one of them seemed worse than the previous one as as we got closer and closer. But, uh, we're, you know, mostly glad to have you back. Mostly. Thank you, James. Mostly. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend has joined me from a remote location. Okay, his house. Uh, the Christian Outlook will uh, be the feature of a second hour of today's program. Eric Metaxas will talk with James Como of the New York C.S. Lewis Society about his new book, as well as the influence of the personal impact C.S. Lewis writings made on his mind and soul. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. Well, the manager of a Northern uh, California gas station was fired after he accidentally set the gas price at 69 cents a gallon. (laughs) He served as the manager for a Shell gas station in Rancho Cordova. He said he mistakenly placed the decimal in the wrong spot and that the price was supposed to be (sighs) $6.99. I put all three prices on there except the diesel. Well, the last um, the last one kind of didn't go. So I just took responsibility for it and said, yeah, it's my fault. And he was fired. Well, the pricing error reportedly cost the gas station $16,000 as hundreds of drivers uh, capitalized on the mistake and filled their tanks. Well, the former employee said he's uh, worried the station's owners will sue him for lost revenue, revealing that his family created a GoFundMe to help repay them. According to um, the Auto Club AAA, nationwide gas prices recently reached $5 a gallon for the very first time. That's the national average. Of course, it's much higher here and much, much higher in some other places. 69 cents. That was almost worth driving to Northern California to get. Of course, the drive back would have eaten it all up. But 69 cents a gallon. Wow. $16,000. Yeah. That's what, three tanks of gas these days? (laughs) Just just about. (laughs) That's about it. Well, the driver of a Chrysler minivan, Hearst, tried to argue that he had two people in the HOV lane as he was transporting, well, a dead body. A Nevada Highway Patrol trooper was stunned after he pulled over the hearse that was driving in the carpool lane on Monday. And the driver asked if the corpse he was transporting counted as a passenger. Well, the trooper spotted the Chrysler minivan hearse going southbound in the HOV lane on I-5 or 15 there. Um, The uh, driver appeared to be alone, but that was because he wasn't counting the dearly departed in the back, as the Nevada Highway Patrol Southern Command later explained. So 
The uh, police officer flashed the light of his patrol car. He pulled over the hearse driver, collecting his license and registration. He was expecting to hear one of the more typical excuses that the driver was running late for an appointment and so on. But instead, the driver nodded toward the rear of the minivan. He took the hint and asked, oh, you have a passenger. And that's when the driver pressed his luck and replied, so he doesn't count. If you're wondering, the answer was no, he didn't count and he had to pay the fine. Well, that takes I mean, some. I guess, uh, I guess at the end of the day, it, it's not like you know. It's it's for people who have to be somewhere, and well, not a lot of places a body has to be. Well, there's one eventually. Well, yeah, but there's no time. For, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, a courthouse in upstate New York was closed for fumigation on Tuesday after hundreds of cockroaches were released during an altercation that broke out at an arraignment. Well, the clash broke out during proceedings in Albany City Court for four people for an arrest at the state capitol. A defendant who started to film the courtroom proceedings was told to stop. In the altercation that followed, hundreds of cockroaches brought into the courthouse in plastic containers were released, according to the state court system. The bug release was being investigated while the courthouse was closed for the rest of the day for fumigation. The court officers arrested a 34-year-old woman in the audience for Charges related to the altercation, including disorderly conduct, obstructing government administration and tampering with physical evidence. She was released and it's not immediately clear whether she had the attorney uh, had an attorney to speak on her behalf. What transpired is not advocacy or activism. It's a criminal act with the intent of disrupting proceedings and causing damage, read the statement. Well, that's one way, I suppose, to put an end to uh, whatever's happening in the courtroom. But I just can't. I just can't even picture that. Can you imagine? You know those courtroom drawings that they do. You know that you see on <laughs> yeah. TV and stuff. Can you imagine the courtroom drawing of that? I cannot. Kind of cool, actually. I, I'd buy that. I'd put that on my wall just for fun. Fortunately, there's no picture. Hey, James, did you know that today, today. not tomorrow, not yesterday, today is National Flip Flop Day. It was founded in 2007 by a cafe chain. Now, I don't know how these things happen or why, but today is National Flip-Flop Day. It's celebrated annually on the third Friday in June. Does cafe, that mean I have to change my opinions back and forth a couple times? Maybe so. The cafe chain said it founded the holiday to kick off the summer season early by encouraging people to don the warm weather footwear. Now, you can't call them thongs anymore. You have to call them flip-flops. But the restaurant was Tropical Smoothie Cafe, uh, they offer free smoothies to their customers who visit one of the chain's locations while wearing their flip-flops on the holiday. Other holidays and observances, I hate applying the word holiday to them, but anyway. The 17th, it's also Eat All Your Veggies Day, Global Garbage Man Day, National Apple Strudel Day. I could get into that. Stewards Root Beer Day, Take Back the Lunch Break Day. That's the third Friday in June. Ugliest Dog Day. Wear Blue Day, Work From Home Father's Day, that's the Friday before Father's Day, World Croc Day, and that's C-R-O-C, so the shoes. The shoes, And right. World Day to Combat Decertification and Drought. Which one will you be celebrating? You know, I don't think any, I mean, I don't like, I, I really don't like wearing flip-flops. Crocs I can deal with, but. Well, um, happy Croc Day. You know, I, I do have a pair somewhere. I'm not sure where they are at the moment, but uh, I do have a pair. So, uh, you know, perhaps I will celebrate in that sense. But, 
overall, I think it's interesting that two different footwear have a day today. Yeah, apparently so. I, I don't if know. You, if you like them both, you're going to look really weird celebrating both. Wearing one of each, I suppose. Exactly. Well, scientists have discovered the world's largest plant off the Australian coast, a seagrass meadow that has uh, was grown by repeatedly cloning itself. Genetic analysis has revealed that the underwater fields of waving green seagrass are a single organism covering 70, 70 square miles. That's 180 square kilometers through making copies of itself for um, well, 4,500 years. The research was published Wednesday in Proceedings of the Royal Society B. So if you're interested, Australia is the place to go. Well, a team of Johns Hopkins University students are aiming to change the way people eat their burritos with a new invention. It's simply edible tape. The Whiting School of Engineering students who unveiled their Tasty Tape project for the school's Engineering Design Day said they were inspired to create their edible tape by their own experience with notoriously messy foods such as burritos, tacos, and wraps. The chemical and um, biomolecular engineering students said they aimed to use science to make their lunches less messy. First, we learned about the science around tape and different adhesives. Then we worked to find edible counterparts, said one of the team members. The team um, said that they are uh, not yet disclosing their secret formula because they're in the process of obtaining a patent. What I can say is that all its ingredients are safe to consume. Not clear if they're tasty, as the name would imply. They're food grade and they're common food and dietary additives. Uh, The tape's adhesive is activated by moisture and is designed to remain in place while cooking. So you would actually be able to put your uh, burrito together, put the tape on it, the tasty tape, and actually heat the burrito with this new invention they are in the process of patenting. Actually sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, I I, I definitely have trouble keeping... uh... Yeah, various burritos closed. Um, now the next thing they need to do is figure out um, um, a way of keeping those burritos from dripping down your arm as you eat them. That would well, be there is That'd that. Be great. Well, that'll be next up for the engineering students. Well, we're just exactly. about out of time. We've got uh, news and traffic coming at the top of the hour and then the Christian outlook in the second hour. But I do want to take a moment and say happy Father's Day to you, James, and to all the fathers who are listening today. I hope that uh, dads will not be shortchanged. Mother's Day is always a big deal. Father's Day, not so much. I lost my father some years ago, and I know, James, you lost yours more recently. Mm-hmm. I'd do just about anything to have him back. So don't um, don't shortchange dad. Make sure you let him know you love him, you care about him, and that he matters. Hey, have a great uh, night. Up next, the Christian Outlook. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.